What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. A loss just the other night. An absolute heartbreaking fashion. Heartbreaking fashion that we actually haven't seen before, I want to say. We'll dive into this game. Because this loss has made it to where now in the seven-game stretch, we are three and four with a total margin of wins and losses of a total of 21 points. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I we saw each other at work the next day, and I said, I feel, hung, I feel hungover, actually, after watching what we did. We knew that we didn't really pick us to win this game. We, I don't think we mentioned on here, but we talked amongst ourselves, and I said, they're going to do something here, whether they win or not, but they're going to keep it close to where we're going to get way too involved and really think we have a chance to win. And then it's not going to go our way. But again, things happen in this game that you should not see from a veteran team at all, really in basketball. But again, it's stuff we just haven't seen and it truly did break our hearts. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Like we talked about on the preview show that uh, I felt like we would cover the 10 and just keep it close and, they did that because we know this team, the way this the standard is that they're going to continue to fight no matter what. Then we get into the game and find out, all right, Clarence is there. That's that's great. Great to see him there still and around his teammates probably maybe the best for him right now. And then we see on the Drake side where we knew Kobe Garland could potentially still be out with that knee injury. He was and Connor Enright with an illness right away. You're like, all right no longer let's let's not cover this 10 let's let's go win this thing and we had a good start to the game and that's what this is the way we wanted we we got in there and they continue to fought but just it's been a lot of this season where just the little small mental breakdowns and things that cost you the game and we'll dive into those really mental breakdowns i mean again stuff that you just wouldn't expect from any team let alone one that you want to be. And that'll be, yeah, when we talk about these, it'll just be like the preparation. Just it, it must not be there if our players play in absolute panic. And whether it seemed like panic or something, but those, it, it definitely did. So we'll, we'll get to those here. But we'll get to them not too far for because it was, you said there, players they didn't have. And that's what kind of led us to believe at the start of the game. No in right. So Kyron Gibson started. We'll get to Gibson. He had some huge moments in this game. Uh, but we we knew right then and there, okay, well, you just never know what can happen in a game like this. And we found out before the game, of course, RJ McGee doesn't dress once again after having a nice moment against UIC. Still the wit, the wishy-washy of stuff that doesn't make sense with him. Uh, he was one of the few rec- uh, today, actually, and AJ for his birthday and Jared and Yovan that showed up to, to, do, to do some community service around the area. So that was cool to see. Uh, but, yeah, this game, I mean, we knew from the get-go. I mean, it, and you can't really tell right away, clearly. But, you know, they get the tip that, and we, you know, we get a stop. And then Troy goes down. And it was actually I, – I don't know how much was left in the shot clock. But it was it, it was a fine possession. You, know, you can kind of see the – I think there was a little bit more movement than what we were, you know, prone to seeing, I want to say. And it led to Troy hitting a nice three. That looked like it just hit nothing but net. So you kind of knew it's okay, good start to this. They matched us and we got free throws. And then after that it was – it was the Darnell Brody show a lot, and he was a big factor in this game because he was in foul trouble. So, again, it's like they don't have a starter. They don't have a key guard off the bench, and Brody gets in foul trouble, and that was the main thing of this game. But he was playing well. Uh, Tucker really hadn't got going for a large portion of this game, 
But we were hanging there with them for sure. We were grabbing. It was really back and forth, and I wouldn't count. Nobody had really a stat. There was a point where it seemed like there were a lot of lead changes at the start, but then they, they kind of pulled away until they didn't. It was a lot of Scotty who came in, played really, really well, of course, had more points than he had minutes, uh, you know, and just it was a you know, Trent hitting big shots in this first half. And Atten Wright, who has continued to give us problems, we cannot guard him in the paint. He's able to drive by us for easy finishes. Um, and, you know, keeping him off the three-point line is probably something that's in the scouting report, no doubt. But he's able to just get what he wants in the paint. And, Noah, again, it was just – it was it was close. Uh, thanks to Scotty and Trent. I'm just looking at a stretch here, about the five-minute mark left here. And, uh, you know, there are points in this game, too, where we didn't really like the effort in terms of, like – like in the paint defense, so that's even boxing out and defensive rebounding, which there was a stat too because we out-rebounded Drake in this game. Luke had a stat, I think, out of you know 11 of the 18 games this year or however many games since Oklahoma State at least that we've out-rebounded our, our opponents. So we've done a really good job of that this year. You know, we were failing to box out and they were getting easy looks because they were playing guys that due to foul trouble or guys that weren't playing that we wouldn't see a guy that you said literally the day of you know, this guy hasn't been that great for him. And, of course, he comes through in this game. But a lot of it to back and forth. And then, obviously, the final moments of the first half we did not like. And that was due to just the inability to, you know, properly set things up at the end. And it, it led to us being down. Uh, the biggest thing that stuck out to you in the first half, you know, whether that was, again, allowing guys off their bench to do something to us or not doing something at the very end there when we had the final possession. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 the little things like that, the finish a half, really strong, and uh, just 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 to finish the way you should have. And going in that first half, I mean, obviously a lot of a lot of minutes played for a lot of guys, obviously. But looking looking into the box score, I mean, X was very efficient, four of eight from the field, ten points. Troy was good. Clarence was rebounding, had six rebounds already at half. Halftime, I mean, Scotty, nine points, four, four from the field, five, five rebounds. I mean, Ferguson was scared to death out there having to, having to guard Scotty like that. Um, Kennard got in the game. He was 0 for 3. We'll get to him later. And Jarrett um, still missed the th- – had a good look at a three, but he can't – he cannot finish around the rim. He uses his dominant hand way too much. If he uses his off hand a lot – he could probably finish some and ones or just finish overall, but still, only only five turnovers. That's a, a lot of a lot better than what we've been seeing. I mean, most of the first half, the last couple of games, I think it's been double digit turnovers in both of those. And I mean, overall, just from from the first from the first match of when they came to Carbondale and blew us out, I I loved what the adjustments Brian and the staff made. Uh, I mean. Ended up in the game, Brody got what he wanted, but I like the idea of playing off him when he's at 16, 18 feet, just to try to take some of those things away, uh, like the back doors, obviously, and just if he wants to shoot it, let him shoot it and we'll live with it. Um, but I really thought the adjustments there and uh, I just and crashing the boards, you, you talked about it a little bit. I mean, crashing the offensive boards, being aggressive there made them have to make sure everybody checks and it stopped them um, from getting fast breaks and 
fast break points and stuff like that. I felt like the only time they really got fast breaks in this game overall and definitely in this first half um, was when we turned the ball over. Exactly. You know, when they got out and transition with turnovers and, you know, there was a fair amount, you know, we, you know, it was just nine total in the game, but you said the rebounding there. I mean, we had the same amount of defensive rebounds. We had six offensive rebounds to their two and it's like, okay, you know, you're able to do things, you know, save possessions on one end, but you can't again. It was Car- it was Carlos Rosario who came in and was getting easy looks off that. I mean, he had – and he's a really good free throw shooter, even as a big, you know, and he's kind of that in between. But he ain't, he ain't going to miss. He had seven first-half points, four rebounds, and then half and half of offensive and defensive. So he was killing us in those certain moments. Uh, you said it there, yeah, and Jared. I mean, just the overall thing of him and just mentioning recently, it's – because we, you know, have so many high ball screens most of the time that if Jarrett's in at the four, which he was in this game, uh, he needs to be in the short corner. He can't be, you know, out sitting in the three-point corner just waiting for a three. You know, that's kind of what Kennard's game has been at times, and he did shoot a lot of threes in this game. He's been kind of relying on that. But Jarrett himself, because of those – because of his length and stuff, you just got to use him in those ways. We've said, you know, that's what – when Cade's playing is what we saw from last year – short corner these long lanky guys because if they get any room along the baseline you think they can dunk it and it just I think that's the proper way to put him or if you're not going to have Jared in the pick and roll like again it seemed unstoppable with X at the start and then it hasn't came at all but you know and he's trying to you know finish these reverse layups Jared is and it's just not happening sometimes and you're right the offhand just isn't there and that's an easy scouting report pickup you know these coaches and every team They have specific, like, probably groups of players or they all just look at it the same and say, this guy cannot do this, make him do that. So, you know, just those little things that the mistakes, and these are, like, these kind of mental errors of, like, just the skill compared to the decision-making that we said we'll get to. But, uh, again, it was – we had a timeout left. We had a final possession and uh, didn't call a timeout. He just let X just – you know, try to get any shot possible and he just slops one up and, and then it's all for none. It's like, and then you ended up down at the very end, but he very well should have called the timeout, set it up, not let them. Cause I want to say they got free throws at the very end. That's how they took the lead. And, you know, if we, you know, would have shot it at a better time or called the timeout, you know, I just think it's handled better and they don't get any of those chances. So wasn't well, the prettiest first half, just in terms of those kind of things, you could have been up by 10, if we're being honest, just how you couldn't do the little things to, to contain a lead, but you're only down one and we're sitting. Okay. That, that's completely fine. And, uh, but again, you know, sticking with that should have been timeout because a lot of people were talking about it throughout most of the, most of the rest of the game. So, uh, you know, going into the second half, you know, it was just, it was more back and forth, you know, that's when, you know, AJ hit a three. So we're like, okay, finally is back to hitting threes itself, let alone on the road, uh, you know, hitting a big one there. And you mentioned with Brody, and I'm glad you said it because, of course, I'm, it's just coming to me now of the big things of this game is, yeah, shutting down the back door, something we couldn't stop in the last game. They did make it an emphasis to do it, uh, and it worked for the most part, you know, that, and they were still trying to do it, and we were closing that out because, you know, they would, um, uh, you know, the bigs would, like, be on Brody, you know, at the start, and then they'd, and then they'd fade back to the paint, and it, it worked. It really did until Brody realized he had an easy one-on-one and then he, when he was a, when he was in the game and shooting, he was scoring at will. And you know he's really good with his feet. He's really just he's just too big. 
and they were doing a lot of the two smalls their bench was and even him was at times whoever he was guarding it was just unfair when it got to that point but at least it was near the end of the shot clock so if he was throwing something up and pray for a miss you get the rebound and go because if the back doors weren't working that's just you know like I said the time was running down there so you know AJ made a couple of threes you mentioned Ferguson too that's what I, I texted you and said Nate Ferguson is in hell right now guarding Scotty and that's how he was able to get everything he wanted uh, but Nate Ferguson had back-to-back or he finished an and one and he was just getting some easy looks to go again we were just making it too easy on these guys we mentioned Kyron Gibson he wasn't scared of X in this game and no matter you know X ended up with his 35 Gibson was going at him and forcing him to turn it over there was obviously a key one near the end of the game but even throughout, he just was not having it. And you can not, you know, X has a target on his back. So guys are going to want to come at him. We've seen it by other teams around the league too. So again, it was just back and forth. Uh, you know, we were down by eight at one point. X stopped the bleeding with a three around the eight and a half minute mark. Um, Brody kept scoring. Trent was just, you know, Trent kept us in this game. There's zero doubt about it. There wouldn't not be any overtime or any, anything. if Trent doesn't make some of these threes that he did. Clarence was scoring layups. Next thing you know, we're only down three. Noah Kennard had a huge three here, five-minute mark uh, to tie the game. You know, Brody gets fouled again. The fouls in this game were not great. Once again, both ways, definitely down the stretch of this game. Uh, but it's worth monitoring. And then, yeah, speaking of Kennard, yeah, besides that three, he had two huge free throws at the four-minute mark to get us down by two. Uh, Troy makes a couple free throws. In between some of us, it was a free throw fest. It was Tucker and Troy here. Then Trent made a huge three, Noah, to give us the lead around the three-minute mark. Brody matches. He finishes an one, excuse me. Then X ties it with a layup. So minute 56, we get a stop. Uh, or there was another point because we, we did grab the lead at the 113 mark. And I thought we could have it in the bag. I texted you. said, if you get a stop here, you're in the driver's seat. And, uh you know, again, the the fouls in the X was on Tucker mostly in the second half because he only had like the one or two fouls throughout most of it. And we had a lead in the Noah. I mean, Tucker went and matched and he got fouled. Uh, and of course, and I text you, like, they're going to get some BS foul on this end. And they did. And then Noah, that 56 second mark, we called a timeout. And what, you know, through the, the latter parts of even the heartbreaking of the end of regulation, what happened here, we did grab a lead. And then after that, it was, you know, we couldn't get that one stop. We got the stop in the minute 13. And then obviously down the stretch here again, I think we would have ended up with it. No, it, it was heartbreaking in that sense. We just couldn't get that final stop, could we? Yeah, it's been fun. Finally feeling like this team that's built on that defensive end and that's their identity. It just, we, I mean, we got stopped in this game when we needed to, obviously. But when feels like this team, when we need it most, this team just just cannot get a stop when we need it or get a bucket when we need it. And you get down to the end where, obviously, having a chance uh, to win it. I, I mean, coming off a of getting a jumper by X, then Tucker matches him with their with about 19 seconds left, and you had a timeout, didn't use it. I thought you should have drawn up a play. You're just letting X ISO. I thought he got – I mean, he got bumped all night long. I mean, it's no it's it's no secret that – obviously, it's just not the last two games, but watching any college basketball all year long, I, the refs are awful, and it's, it's getting worse and worse. And he got – I thought he got bumped at the end, but it was a no call, so he misses about an 18-footer. Um, at the end of regulation so to overtime we go we we survived 
40 minutes with the, the second best team in this conference and we had a chance and I just wish they would have used that timeout to maybe draw something up or maybe it's the same result in the end. But I thought we just waited wait too long to do something and just let X dribble. I mean, it just feels like X just dribbles at the half court and we're just allowing whoever this time it was Gibson just pressure the crap out of him. Yeah. Does he get bumped sometimes? Yes. But like in these moments, we're not going to get foul calls, especially with X. I mean, definitely not. Like Tucker DeVries is getting the foul calls right now. I mean, in, even in this game, it ended up they shoot 40 free throws to our 22. I mean, they shoot 18 more than us. That's just how it is. I mean, Xavier Johnson, Jaws, one of the, probably the most outside of Tucker, probably Jaws the most fouls in the Valley. He shoots four free throws in a 45-minute game. Yeah, coming off of 20, which was a program record in the last one that we've talked about and bumped all night long. And, you know, I was getting ahead of myself talking about this was the play where you should have called the timeout. And he had a missed layup, but he got even in the end of the first half, he got he got bumped a little too. And then this one, yeah, not using the timeout here. When you had that final look, I mean, it's tied. You cannot let, uh, you know, and we said you cannot give Drake extra life. You had them on the ropes, all of that. And. You know, of course, you're not able to get the stuff. You're right. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you leave it to the refs in some facets, and again, it's just foreshadowing. You just knew it was going to happen. And, of course, they get the layup and or the free throws, and then Tucker's able to match X. We needed that one stop there, but that final possession, it didn't call a timeout, let it play out, missed the jump shot, and that was what it was. You get to overtime, it's like you had them. And we were not – we texted, I have zero confidence going into overtime, really. Just because, you know, Brody probably should have fouled out down the ladder stretch there and a lot of different things. And, of course, overtime started exactly how we kind of envisioned with that zero confidence. Next thing you know, they're up they're up six, you know, just like that, finishing in. Or, you know, and luckily Brody missed one of his two free throws that kind of got us back a little bit in a groove. You know, X then made it, you know, two-point lead. And, you know, after this run that they started with and uh, you know, and then Tucker matches them again. So, of course, you, you know, you're – you're able to let them match way too much when you're finally able to get a stuck. Because at one point we were like, man, this is just, you know, it's hard to watch this because it shouldn't be to this point anyway. But if they were going to start pulling away, you know, what was going to be in our favor? And that wasn't the first time they they got up four. And even at that point, we're like, okay, well, when you get those moments in regulation, you know how hard it is to score. In general, you're riding that momentum. Now you have a whole wave of momentum. You let them tie and take it to this point. Now it's like, okay, are you going to be able to come through Luckily, X was able to do some things, but it was it was Gibson getting his layups, and then you know X was trying to match the best he can, and he was phenomenal. He was he was really the only one for us that scored in this overtime. It was really all him. He he was he was putting on a hell of a show. He really was. Uh, you know, as soon as Drake knew that we were keeping it close, they called a timeout and we kept it at four. There were a couple missed possessions. You know, we were keeping a minute. They were turning it over pretty bad, especially here down the stretch. Whenever. Uh, X made a jumper, so we're down two. So here's here's that score. It's 90 to 88, 13 seconds. Tucker turns it over, and guess who's in the game that has, again, won a, a massive game-changing play, and it's Scotty. He, he in, indeed steals it, trying to find a guard to pass it to. And, you know, everybody was in motion and moving, so it's kind of hard to, to just plant your feet and find a guy because you had to, you know, the clock was moving. You had to do something. And, of course, uh you know, he throws it and ends up out of bounds, but it hit off a Drake defender. So we're like, oh, my gosh. Um, 
so we get the extra life there. We get the possession and, you know, we, use, and we're coming out of a timeout and, uh, I mean, no, it's just absolutely, I just, just without even looking at this, just remembering all this stuff, you know, it's, uh, you know, even throughout the mistakes made like X would, he had the, he had the crossover in front of Gibson. That was just unnecessary. You know, we catch a break and before the game, he got a turnover at and right, got a layup out of it and transition this time he crossed him over. Luckily, ended up being a jump ball, and it was our ball, Noah. And but this was, you know, obviously, you know, too late to that point. Um, but then the fact that you're not able to get a shot up, then and then your next possession is an inbounds play, and I can't think of a worse time, just a heart wrenching time, of just timing of something. And no, we know there's five seconds in the inbounds, and I wonder if the players know that at all because. There was something drawn up here in between the time when they wanted to get the time right, and you could have done something. And X didn't immediately go get the ball. He had his back turned to it. And next thing you know, everyone's trying to get open. Brody's guarding the inbounds. Five-second call, and that was the dagger in it all. And that if that's not the dagger of how this has gone for us lately, again, you just don't see this in basketball games because you would think teams are way more competent in this way. No, not only do you not get a shot off before that, X tries to make a play, screws it. And then we can't even inbound the ball. No, that it that just again, it's it, it leads to preparation to where your teams, you know, falter in these moments to where it clearly cannot happen. There was a point whenever, you know, the timeout because you know they gave us the timeout, but they, they said they were looking at it for like a coach for a a referee's review or something. So I, Adam Emenecker and their broadcast, which wasn't great, uh, they kind of alluded to maybe we'd get that timeout back. And it was like in my mind, it's like, okay, well, clearly you could have used it there when you couldn't get the inbounds, but no, it didn't happen again. It was one of the most excruciating things ever. How do you not, how are you not able to inbound a damn pass? Yeah, no, it's not the first time. I mean, we've seen it with Troy. I mean, yeah, everybody um, know, feels it coming. I mean, he turned it over against Missouri state on the inbound, uh, think it was after he he almost turned it he almost threw it out of bounds to x on one of them I think it was uh earlier in the overtime or it might have been towards the end of regulation but almost threw one out of bounds trying to get the, the ball at x but you can't take the five you have to try to force it which to me x was the only one moving there was the three other guys was standing I don't know what they drew up or what they tried drawing up. I think it was a screen and Trent was going to the short, the the nearest corner, but Brody was taking that away. So X has to come to half court and get a 45 footer off because we, you, you just can't take the five. You have to just force it in. You're going to turn it over anyhow. So you got to do something. I mean, it just the way this staff has handled end of game situations the only one positive in my mind obviously the the miracle against missouri state at home a couple of years ago with marcus hitting that fade away um for three at the end of the game that's the only positive play it feels like in crunch time with this staff and it's just the i don't know exactly if I if, if you switch inbounders because obviously troy has struggled with that i mean obviously you you feel with that kind of guy and his his level of IQ for the game, he would he would know, hey, I can't just hold it. I gotta force it in somehow and see what happens. But obviously that wasn't the case. And obviously, but besides that, and obviously I think it was a a three 
with like 118 left in overtime, extra airballed it. I, I don't know why he took that bad of a shot. Besides that, and the couple last plays of overtime and how the regulation ended, I mean, outside of that, this team played their asses off, and this is the team we want to see that's not scared and will go into anywhere, and they're made for these battles. And obviously they have they look decent at times in this game, and they continue to learn how to play these basketball games, as they like to say. So obviously listen to X post game. Obviously that locker room's devastated, and there's no moral victories, but taking a team like that, which we think will probably be playing in Sunday in March will against Indiana state. You're going to, you're going to take it outside of just a couple things here and there, like I said, but these guys played, I mean, you're 10 point dogs, but he just, we got to be more prepared. I, I feel like instead of defensive slides in practice, which I don't know what they do. We just always hear and always heard about how hard they practice. Obviously under Brian, you're going to do that, but maybe you should take more time for end of game situations. Yeah. And how many times do, if we remember us playing in high school that we worked on in-game situations and so many different things, whether that's, you know, baseline, whether that's sideline, anything, and you shouldn't have to gather up there even in a, in a referee review for time to just know you, all you gotta do is call something out, you know, and there's a lot of things and plays to digest. Imagine being a football player in that sense. And they deal with a lot more than basketball players do is like in terms of what to remember. So you should already know kind of what to do and, especially again, when it's there and, and Troy in his career has been a quality inbounder to an extent. We know Marcus was always, you know, big and trusting him with a lot of that stuff. And Troy knows when to call timeouts, if we have them and not force anything, it's just those kind of plays. Cause of course, you know, these kind of games, that's when you know they're devastating because so many bad things happen. I didn't even, cause I was making a big deal after the game about the fact that, yeah, there was a miscommunication and Troy threw it. X was kind of, you know, going trying to go like uh, in the backcourt, and it and it goes in front of them, almost goes out of bounds. Imagine if they turn it over there and don't even get any kind of shot attempt. And that again, those things just cannot happen. And you know, again, yeah, Missouri State. I mean, I think they just the play call just leave X kind of out of the way so that it leaves them to you know kind of do you know something that they weren't even expecting in the moment to where then it's you know you're getting to that five and you have to force it and they forced it against Missouri State and they needed to force it here 100% have Trent or X just throw it up X drives in those situations so it just go get the ball and really not much you can do with a minute with a minute 1.5 seconds anyway so just absolutely you know, devastating. And for sure, I mean, I never moral victories. The only, the only way this can be viewed in any, you know, other positive light besides, yeah, for sure they played well, but they didn't have Enright and they had Brody in foul trouble and Tucker didn't even get going the latter half. And it's like, you needed to pounce on those things. And they're so, they're so good at home. You get it as to why, you know, it wouldn't happen in that way, but it, it's just absolutely devastating. And again, if you carry this loss, the way you did it, you keep that chip, which they also love to say, and you just move it forward and you – obviously the game we have tomorrow, you need to leave no doubt in this game when you're back at home and then take it from there. You know, it's treated such as a game-by-game thing because every team, especially the teams that are in our shoes kind of too, are kind of just up and down, way too up and down. And you're going to have – you know, you can box score watch across the league, but you're not even guaranteed to know who's going to beat who. So it's like – it's, you know, to look ahead and the probabilities what we always love to do, but every game's different. We did not expect to compete this hard in this game, score 88 points. Um, so again, it's, it just, it's just the ways you do it. I, I'm proud of the effort 
absolutely too. Everybody should be. It's just knowing when you're that close and it comes down to those mental errors as to why you lose and it's on everybody. It's on coaches and players itself. You win as a team, you lose as a team. And, you know, sometimes the blame isn't, you know, warrant, you know, sometimes people don't like to blame one or the other. It's like, it's a joint blame. It is a, you got to meet in the middle on a lot of these things. There's been a lot of those combos. So all you can do is move on again. It's, it's just, it's just awful. If you won this game, just how great things would be looking. But we could have said that with the other four we've lost or the other three we had previously lost as well. So except 35, he was phenomenal. It's just when he does games like that, you just want to win for him. And, oh, well, he moves up in his points per game and a lot of different things. He's now like around 10, I, I believe, for passing Brian as the single season assist as well after this game. So moving on, um, gosh, you never even want to. Noah, let's go through the other games that happened here quickly. Uh you know, obviously there were some good ones, and then there were some some good ones tomorrow as well. One of the matchup of teams that were picked in the top two, and they finally face off tomorrow. Yeah, I mean a lot a lot happened watching on Wednesday. Everybody played on Wednesday night. It sucks. I said in the preview, wish they could figure out a way. Um, I think I seen some Valley fan talking about if there was a one game for the weekend on Fridays because I think the A10 does that or something. Um, just to try to separate, we usually see maybe two on Tuesday and the rest on Wednesday, but all on once, obviously the first game of the night. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can credit Joe Lenardi for this Indiana state hosts Valpo one Oh one 61. Joe said they need to win every game by 20. Well, they said, we'll win by 40 Joe and Robbie Avila, um, came out of the game with nine minutes left and he ended up with 27.8 rebounds. I mean, Conwell 12, Larry 12, Swope 10, Bletson had 10 and 7 off the bench um, for Valpo, Schweiger 17, Williamson at 13. I mean, I don't, I assume it was Larry. I mean, they kept Isaiah Stafford 0 points, 0 of 8 from the field and 26 minutes of play. So that's credit to Julian Larry. Shows you how good he is defensively. Um, Then the next game, Murray State. On the road at Belmont was a really good game, back and forth. Um, welcome back, Jacoby Gillespie, leading the way with 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists to get the win over the Racers. Um, Dia had 15 and five. Anderson, Quincy Anderson for Murray State, still playing really good basketball. 21 points, nine rebounds, three assists for him. Love how Quincy's playing. UIC goes on the road and beats uh, the Redbirds, 61-56. This is a team we play tomorrow night. Um, Jones, CJ Jones had 13 for the flames, 18 points for miles Foster Redbirds were, um, without, uh, Brandon Lieb, Darius Burford, Jordan Davis. So I don't, I joked with everybody that they were resting for our, us tomorrow night. I know Lieb got hurt against us. I don't think he's played since, but the other two continued to play them being street close. So not exactly sure what's going on with them. Missouri state, one of the hottest team goes on the road to the McLeod Center where you and I just got blown out by Murray at home. Panthers bounce back. 72-65 win. Heisey led the way with 17 um, for the Panthers. Bowen Bourne at 10, still struggling to shoot. 3 of 15, 2 of 8 from 3. So teams are obviously focusing in, in on him and wearing him down, and it's really Nate Heisey's team now. And for the for the Bears, 19 points for Austin Mason. Um for the Bears, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, 
Chance Moore got hurt in this game. He's already been ruled out for tomorrow. Not sure about Damian Mayo for tomorrow's game either. So Bears could be missing some players for tomorrow's game. Then the big one, Bradley on the road at Evansville. Ben Hummerkaus leads the way, 14 points for the Aces to get a win. Over one of the top teams, Bradley, something we can't do. Um, We can always beat the lower teams, but can never beat that top teams like we want. But Ben, big time for them. 14 points. Um, they have a lot of guys chipping in. It's a team effort for them right now. Um, then for Bradley, 15 points for Duke Dean, 13 for Hannah, Atlas in 11 for them. So freshmen starting to play. Then looking ahead for this weekend's games, we have Indiana State on the road at Missouri State. Sycamore is favored by six and a half on the road. That'll be a really game, good game at one. Glad it's not at the same time as ours. Evansville on the road at Murray. Murray's favored by eight and a half. Um, expecting Murray to play better at home like they ha- rather than they have been lately. Belmont on the road at Valpo. I think Belmont can go get one on the road, continue to stick with us and you and I in the standings. Then ESPNU, 5 o'clock. Drake on the road in Carver. It's a red out for Bradley. That's obviously expecting Enright to be back. Don't think Garland will be back with that knee injury. Um, but other than that, then there's one Sunday. UNI goes on the road in Chicago at UIC on Super Bowl Sunday. It sucks for them to play at three o'clock during the Super Bowl during Super Bowl Sunday, but um, they should get done before game time. So a lot of a lot of standings, little standings updates. Indiana State twelve and one, Drake ten and three, Bradley nine and four, then us and you and I are seven and six. Then we have a bol- bunch of six and seven teams. Evansville's six and seven Missouri state Belmont Murray state then Illinois state five and eight then we have UIC Valpo two and 11 then just jumping into probabilities update real quick for us Uh, Matt Hackman released it on Thursday Indiana state up to 97 percent for that one seed yeah you can go if they win tomorrow just it's locked up give it to them Um, then Drake 66 percent for that two Bradley is a 62% for the three. We are still holding on to that four. It really didn't change much because we got some help elsewhere on Wednesday night. Um, 46% for that four. 20, we're up to 20. We're down to 26% for that five. 13 for six. Seven for seven. Three for eight. And 1% for nine. Everything else, I think there's a 4% chance we get that three somehow. But um, and looking, then he posted the odds per win total. It looks like if we can get to the 11 win mark, you're almost um, a really got good chance to get it. I think 12 is the magic number if you want to lock in to that four seed. Yeah, we were keeping an eye out for that Missouri State UNI game. And with those injuries, as you said, and people have been talking about the games ahead for Missouri State, they play the Sycamores. And if you don't have chance more, you know, of course, they struggled as a team when he was struggling. He got going, they got going. So if he's not playing, if he's not going to play against the best team, even if it's at home, what can't rule anything out. But it's not looking good for them. Uh, so you and I, of course, gets that win. Just again, two teams fighting with us. I think they have Missouri State like a five percent chance of getting the four seed. We know they had a great shot at it there for a while and having some of the tiebreakers split with you and I now and swept us that but we know their schedule they have lined up so that's why it's only at five right now uh but the evansville bradley game for sure is a uh crazy because it came down to the wire there it was i think 
they were up like 65-64, I want to say Bradley was, or they're up one. And then all it took was Hummerkhaus down, you know, and one to give them a two-point lead, and then they didn't look back. Crazy game, and it shows when we go to Evansville at the end of the season, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, it shows that Bradley, you know, they lose on the road. Teams don't win in Evansville, it seems like. It's just crazy. You know, I just think of you and I, I guess. But, uh, you know, they take care of Bradley at home. We couldn't in the same amount of close games and different fashion. It's crazy how this league is. And then you said the game's coming up. Uh, yeah, some good ones tomorrow. The fact that, yeah, the one game on Super Bowl Sunday is kind of crazy. You leave it to that game. Maybe UIC gets it done. That'd be ever so good. We, you know, hit some bets on Super Bowl Sunday, and maybe you and I, he loses on the road. Uh, yeah, Indiana State at Missouri State, that one won't be close, and there's some other ones there. Drake and Bradley in the first matchup is good, and our game is the final one, the matinee at 6 o'clock. Um you said some of those things. You mentioned Lenardi again. Yeah, they won by 40. And I'm just because I'm seeing all these bracketologies with them, with them in it, of course. And they're in the 8 9 game and every single one almost that I've seen. And they're in the Midwest region. And of, of course, if they win, they'd get Purdue. And I would not rule out their chances against Purdue at all. It's just, of course, they'd get the top team more than likely. Uh, surely, maybe at some point they can get a little higher than that at the very end. Um, so, Noah, let's, let's dive into. The Illinois State here, you know, we went to that game, you know, around in like early January. It was really fun, and we always enjoy going there. It was a back-and-forth game. You know, of course, that, that was the game Brandon Lee got hurt, and he hasn't played since then. Uh, they play a weird style. We were complaining through the game, and it was true. I mean, they were falling to the ground every single possession. That's kind of how they play. They cannot shoot very well. You know, Jordan Davis barely played against us. He's had hit-or-miss moments since then. As you said earlier, he didn't play in the last game either. Maybe whether they're arresting guys for us, they definitely need Burford, and surely he will play in this game. They've had like Kiziger and a lot of different guys step up. But, again, they can't shoot. They're going to thrive in the paint, and they got some tough boys. And Miles Foster and Kendall Lewis, it's tough to punk those guys. They should probably give us fits once again in the paint. We're going to have to rely on our paint defense again, which, again, is something I think this has been a down part of this team. Overall, but they're interesting, though, but they're struggling. And we should, of course, leave no doubt tomorrow in our second matchup and look for the sweep. Yeah, this should be a game where um, I don't think – don't have a spread yet just off the top here, but um, where I would think we would definitely be favored by close to – maybe close to 10 points. I was trying to think. I think it was back to Valpo. It was 13.5, so maybe it's around eight and a half, nine. Um, when we get to, once it comes out here sooner rather than later, um, but yeah, this is a game where obviously it's, uh, it's wait and see who, who shows up, who's in street clothes, who's playing, who's warming up for them. Obviously, since we played them, they've taken, we've mentioned a couple of times, he's played pretty well for them, um, in limited minutes, but they take the red shirt off Chase Walker because of the Brandon Lee injury. Um, this is a, this is, I mean, Peden, he's he's done well on the recruiting recruiting trail, but uh, he's taken everything out of his toolbox this year and throwing it out there, switching lineups. He gave Ty Pence a start. Kinziger's been starting here last game. He's trying, and it's just not working. It's just it's not gelling for this team because this is a team where um, I had them finish. I think both of us had a, had them finishing in front of us going into the year we thought they had some nice pieces and some good freshmen to 
put around those guys. But like I said, it's just not gelling. This is where you can defend. I mean, it's blackout to cancer. And this is where you can use your depth because we got guys can play against what they have off the bench. Uh, I mean, you got X who's 24th. He's not Marcus level, but he's 24th in the country in minutes. Um, Trent's 40th. And so we got two guys in top 40 in minutes. This is where we got to use Trey Miller. If, if Trey Miller and RJ, uh, you could use RJ in this game at moments too, but use your depth, get some guys. If you just go back to, uh that game up there i mean scotty was big jared had good moments in that in that game as well but it was the x and trent brown show so hopefully you can find ways to get those guys breathers here and there against a team like this but it's going to be a big crowd obviously and we got we got a key guy coming in to visit this weekend we've seen where he's going to be taking an unofficial visit is the number two ranked sophomore in the state of indiana six four guard justin curry He's averaging 10 a game, four rebounds for his team up in Noblesville, Indiana. He shoot 40% from the field. Um, Prep Hoops and uh, uh, the uh, Indy Star really thinks this kid has something something to be special. And obviously getting in on them earlies before he takes off is a good thing. But um, I think just reading up on this kid, I think this just can be one of those guys. He's getting on campus early, but he, by the time he's a senior, he may be out of reach. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought him up. Um, it just <clears throat> we've talked about, you know, Jaron Howard's impact, and not only has we, you know, we think that he's been impactful for X in this one season because you know Jaron's can be a guard whisperer, and he's got a lot to say about that. But he also looks ahead and recruits, you know, forward, and that's what we've kind of said into the off season, and that was your prediction too, just knowing that probably that's how he is. So this could be a Jaron's kind of guy. Uh, you know, looking that far ahead, because, yeah, you're right. I mean, by the time he's a senior, no telling what kind of offers he has. I mean, Matt Painter could be on his doorstep if he becomes good enough and just staying in the state. <clears throat> excuse me, how they – you know, it could be Mike Woodson. It could be Matt Painter. Just if you want to stay in the state, you'll go anywhere else, but he'll get bigger looks. Uh, but it is good, as you said, to, you know, to be in on him now. And if he enjoys himself, you know, tomorrow in a nice game with a good crowd and blackout cancer, as you said, it should be – should be, you know, good for him. So maybe that'll stick with him moving forward. So I'm glad you brought that up for this game. And again, they're interesting. You said the depth. They ha we have to use some depth here because Poindexter's been playing a little better. Um, you know, D Darius is clearly back. Then he's a problem. You got Dalton making his comeback to Carbondale. Um, they're just, you know, guard heavy. And if you, if you factor in Kasupke, Kinziger, you know, they're just, you're a guard team. And then you, as you said, Chase Walker attached with, Kendall and Miles, they're you know they got some size to them, and it's just again the physicality is for sure there. And yeah, I mean, we remember talking about how P must talk about Chase Walker. He's the best, like you know, most skilled or passing or something. He said, "Big man, he's ever like recruited." So when he's lived up to it to a certain extent, he you know he can show the flashes of freshman again. When he he could even slim down, keep growing, anything by the time he's even a senior, and he could be a problem. Uh, at some point, he's kind of a problem now, so it's a perfect Scotty matchup. But again, you need to be physical with their big men, and you know if you run, you can't. You know you can run them off, make them prove to you they can make threes. You know I guess because if you overplay them, they can drive by you. They're quick. They can get and they can get those paint points that keeps them in these games. But make it to where a team like this just does not really you know compete with you at this point. Because again, if we're thinking the Drake loss can carry over you know obviously we need it for for certain games and we definitely need it for for t against teams who are five and eight 
and you know and the, and the seller of the of the league for sure so it's an interesting game and we were saying like yeah what a spread could be yeah around like maybe eight to ten points because we we're trying to think back to other games and other you know different things and can definitely see this being close to that number i would think um and if i were to pick my own dog of the game i'm gonna go with troy because you know he gets put in these situations that we've said about you know he's these inbounds passes that just devastate the end of games. And I know, you know, a lot of people have talked about him and his impact and his up and down because they they seem the most notable and all the time, it's not always his fault, but uh, you know, he is the one right in the middle of the play. And uh, you know, he, I just, well, for one, he needs to bounce back off that along with the whole team, but he needs to be good against miles and Kendall because they start both of them. And obviously our center is going to impact and we, you mentioned Clarence earlier, Noah, that we are glad to see him that maybe being on the team is what's best currently for him. They also could have been traveling at the time that he found out some of that news and uh, seeing his spirits were high for the most part in this game and very well couldn't have him for this one. Again, no one's going to let that be known. We very well could still see him just speculating. Uh, but if we're without Clarence, it'll be a little bit more difficult. But hopefully he, we expect him to play. And again, I'll go with Troy for dog of the game. Noah, your dog and your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned mine. I'm going to go with Clarence Rupert to be big on the boards. He's been very good, had 11 last game, and he's playing really hard right now, obviously. And uh, he's he's got a tough matchup, whether I assume he'll be on Miles Foster because that's who they've been starting. They've been starting him and Kendall. Um, both him and Troy are really, really going to take it away, obviously. Um, so I'm going to go with Clarence, obviously, to have a really good game. I think if we can – get Clarence the ball maybe early and get Miles Foster in foul trouble. That's where we can definitely take advantage of this very poor Redbirds team. So it's going to be a very good crowd, obviously, with the blackout to cancer. Um, excited to be back home. I mean, it feels like it's been longer than it has for SAU. Obviously, it hasn't been going well for us at home lately, but um, I really like the chance to sweep the Redbirds on this kind of night. And obviously – Having a, having a visitor recruit on campus is always fun, so hopefully everybody turns out for that at, on a on a on a Saturday night. If you have nothing else to do, um, make sure you get your tickets now because it's going to be a fun one. Um, expect it. Obviously, it's the joking jokingly joking when I say this, but it's the Dalton Venge Revenge Tour ending here. Hopefully, we can send him back to Illinois State with another loss and sweeping him um, after he tra- he's a, he becomes a traitor when he went up there. I want to say he had like 11 points maybe in the other matchup, but because he's back in Carbonell, expect him to be aggressive for sure. And both are whoever it is at X, and we need a big game from X as well. Yeah, it's also faith in the family night people can get, unless it's usually like a Friday thing, they cut it off today or – can be tomorrow if you use code faith you can get discounted tickets on the app and i'm guessing through the website so yeah, a lot of things going on and we recall it's funny the last time we had a blackout the cancer game last year the bradley devastation game we had jack stanton uh there as well and we know the process with him and what not you know what we didn't do with him just thinking how we always get recruits it seems like on those specific nights but yeah should be a good crowd impress him and impress everything else you know just have a you know the kind of bounce back that you need off of devastation you need to Leave no doubt against teams you know you need to beat and sweep uh, and then move on because you got a tough road game uh, coming up next week. So, again, you just take it game by game, and we'll see how the dogs respond. They definitely need to get back on track at home because that's like a little bit of doubt we would have is because 
of the fact that we, you know, whether it's in their heads or not of how they've been playing at home, but you've been playing other good teams. Now you, even Valpo scared us, as we know, Valpo's playing better than Illinois State right now. So trying to leave no doubt, Miles Foster and foul trouble, as you said, just trying to just make it hard for them, and they are a physical team. We'll see what happens at 6 o'clock tomorrow. If you can't make it, ESPN Plus, but hopefully everybody does make it to Banterra Center just like us. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Let's get back on track. Go dogs.